Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Gals of Geekdom podcast. I am one of your amazing hosts, Crystal Williams, and I'm here with my equally amazing and awesome and smart and funny and queer friends, Lizzie and Jazzy. Hello. What's up, Jazzy? She, they. Oh, yes, and we will do introductions for ourselves, starting with this episode, which we mentioned in the last one, so I'm... Uh, I'm Crystal Williams. Uh, pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm I'm Lizzie Lemondrop. Uh, my pronouns are she or he, either one. Uh, and um, Lizzie, we have a we have a guest. Would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, this is my friend Kyla. You may know her on the social medias as Kyla T. I highly recommend her TikTok. It's it's my one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Kyla T. She, her. All right, we got our um, we got our our woke credit out of the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We can't be canceled now. Yeah. Ah, sorry. That's <laughs> My the, phone went that's off. That's the cancellation police. They found uh, out. Yes, we I, started to. I was opening TikTok so I could follow you, Kyla, and my phone <laughs> decided to shout at me. <laughs> It loves to do that. That's fun. Well, I mean, that's Twitter, right? You open your phone and it's just, oh my God, everyone's shouting at me at the same time. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I check it like when I'm on my way to work. So around six o'clock in the morning and then there's just some things I see where I'm like, you know what? I'm good for the rest of the day. I've had my Twitter fill. <laughs> that's fine. I don't need, I don't need the internet anymore. Um, I think that's enough for the day. Yeah, I I, I can't um I can't disconnect from it unfortunately. <laughs> oh man. It can be hard. I've always I've said so many times that I would nuke Twitter from my phone if not for the fact that I have too many friends on there. Like there's too many people with whom that's primarily how I keep up with them. It's the same and honestly that's true of most social media. Yeah. I keep it Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, yeah, because that's how I feel about Facebook or Meta or whatever they are nowadays. <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, never I calling keep... it anything other than Facebook. I don't care what they. Yeah, oh. I, uh, I keep uh, Twitter mainly for business purposes. It's mainly <laughs> it's mainly meant to like I, I mostly connect and get aught and though there have been a fair few auditions I've been getting through other means recently, so I guess that's how you can tell I'm a totally professional voice actor person now. Super profesh. We, we, we run the most professional podcast with the most professional yeah, you people fuck. on it. We have this really professional <laughs> studio where we're wow. all in the same place, and we meet uh, with consistency and well-organized everything. Yes, the chaos is actually completely uh, structured that way. It's made to look like it's chaotic. In reality, it, it, there's a team of 500 people working on it. We're, we are we're... girl bossing. We are gatekeeping. We are, <laughs> we are <laughs> gaslighting. Um, Is it so know... gaslighting if you admit to the fact that you're gaslighting? Yes. 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 That reverse I'm, psychology. I'm gaslighting you right now. <laughs> Anyways, I have okay. My hot takes about wait, the gay Christmas movies. Wait, wait. This is a, this. Wait. It is. It is a certain time of the year, right? 
I, I yes. think it's called December. Weird. It's December. Sonic Month? No, not yet, Jazzy. Damn it. <laughs> we will get to Sonic later. We will talk about Sonic and all the Sonic things. <laughs> but first, we have we have a little bit of uh, holiday cheer or holiday queer. <laughs> I'm going to kill you over the puns, Crystal. I... I, I think if you were to do that, you would have done that a few episodes ago, but you have not done that. So I am calling you out on your bluff. So, so you, can, you have no fear? Here. Be be my guest. Did you just get up and open your door? <laughs> Come for me. Oh, I me scrubble. I go May God smite me down. Smite me, almighty smiter. No, yes, I am a year behind on this discourse. But last night, for the first time, I watched discourse. the happiest season. The discourse, yes. The happiest yeah. season, finally. Um, which, um, which is which, which, the, the lesbian movie, Christmas. Right? Yes, it was the lesbian Christmas rom-com with Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza and whatnot. Uh, and that movie had a I, smorgasbord of talent, by the way. There's a lot of actors in that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are just, like, the two biggest ones that, whose names I mean. Um, Dan Levy, who 2020 was a pretty big leap forward, I think, in um, him moving to the A-list in terms of ce- celebrities, which, you know, wasn't hard for him, given who his dad is. But still, uh, he's very funny and he's very talented, so it was fun to see him. Isn't his um, dad from that pie fucking movie? Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Oh okay. So his legacy. <laughs> oh, you were the father of the fu- pie fucker. That's what you are. <laughs> no other things, just that. <laughs> when is when the uh, academy goes to do their memoriam, it'll be a scene from a marriage of pie. Of the two of them but, sitting over that pie. Yep. <laughs> Lizzie, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> we can always, there's always room for pie-fucking jokes around these parts. Um, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> but yeah, Say it, more. So, so the... the and I've given to understand this was that there was a lot of discourse specifically around this last year when the movie came out. But um, so it's a coming out movie, which um, I'm actually not one to be very sick of. I don't think we can have enough uh, narratives about coming out. I think it's important for young people to have those. Um, But (laughs) the crux of the conflict in the film is that Harper uh, brings her girlfriend, Abby, home for Christmas. They are lesbians. Uh, Abby played by Kristen Stewart. Um, But Harper is not out to her family yet and makes Abby uh, keep their relationship a secret the whole time they're there. And that in and of itself is already, I think, is a very controversial, like, 
thing when you're having discourse about queer media, right, is this idea is you have this conflicting mindset of on the one hand, the one partner who doesn't feel safe coming out is entirely valid in wanting to keep their relationship a secret. Um, that's entirely allowed and the partner you're with should respect the fact and the reasons for why you want to stay in the closet. Uh, that being said, another individual queer person is also entitled to be sick of being in the closet and to not be interested in partaking in that and not wanting to be in a relationship with someone who insists on hiding them. Like those, all of these perspectives are valid <laughs> to real queer people, right? But the thing that's really annoying in this movie is that Harper, the closeted girlfriend, it's not that she's in the closet, it's that she's a terrible fucking girlfriend. <laughs> She's just I mean, a bad. <laughs> so I, I do like the movie. I think it's cute, but I also agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> She's just a bad girlfriend. She lied. First of all, she lied to Abby about having come out to having came out to her parents for like several months. For like five or six months, she had been lying to her girlfriend about this. Red flag number one. <laughs> And then once, and then she, not until they're already basically there, does she give Abby this heads up on their way to Christmas. <laughs> By the way, you have to lie to my family for the next five days. She also, she give her like a playbook, like I know, a guide so saying, look, this is the score. <laughs> this is the game plan. It's like basically right before they got there, she stops the car in the middle of the road and is like, okay. So that's, again, that's bad, too. And then once they're there, Harper the <laughs> Harper just, like, abandons her the entire time. That's const- true. Constantly leaving Abby alone um, to be uncomfortable and quiet around all of, around this extremely, like, very cis, straight, like, heteronormative society life that she's like this is not my scene and it's really really funny to see the gayest possible lesbian and Kristen Stewart pretending to be straight is really really funny uh so that there's things about it that work but this this is (laughs) just that's the other thing is the fact that Harper makes like zero effort while they're there to like help Abby out with this (laughs) she just abandons her immediately yeah, I remember that being particularly cruel. Like, it's just a particularly shitty thing to do. Like, if you have, like, whether you were out or not, it, Abby doesn't know any of these people. A single yeah, person in this town. Like, it's your job. Even Like, even if you're keeping up the cover that you're not dating, this is still your friend that you brought to a holiday event. You should really be like... <laughs> yeah, like, hi, this is... This is them. This like, is you just them. don't leave them. Just stand there awkwardly and go like, oh. She does the whole movie. She's constantly doing this. And there's a whole secondary plot point where uh, Harper's parents are trying to get her to get back together with her high school boyfriend. Um, to which Harper does little to nothing to actually dissuade whatsoever. She just keeps flirting with this guy and spending time alone with him. At one point in the movie, she's out till like 2.30 in the morning by herself with this dude. And then when her girlfriend the next morning is like, hey, are you all right? You weren't texting me back at all the night before. Harper's like, 
we need space. You're suffocating me. <laughs> like, ma'am. Okay, I see my face. It's very confused. It's very, like, what? <laughs> why? Why is this? Why is this what you're doing? This is bad. Now, Aubrey Plaza's character in this movie is Riley, who was Harper's girlfriend in high school. And this That's is right. the thing okay. that this is the thing that made me decide that I hated Harper. <laughs> that I didn't forgive any of this shit anymore. When Harper and Riley were in high school and dating, one of Harper's friends like basically found something that indicated that they were dating to which Harper denied it and outed her outed her girlfriend and basically said no she's just this crazy lesbian who's obsessed with me and won't leave me alone and i was like so that is a traumatizing thing to do to your girlfriend at 14 um and there's no like <laughs> There's very little resolution to that fact. Like, I, I haven't entirely... seen it since last. I haven't seen it since last Christmas time when it came out. I Was there like this at all? <laughs> I have no idea what any of this is. So keep going. I'm, I'm not just having... I'm just recounting recounting the terrible actions of the main love interest of this film. Anyway. It sounds bad. No, um, it's it's. It's, it's not. It's, I'm just complaining. It's, I, I about think this it's a pretty good movie, but, but I think I think the character has a lot of um, flaws. They needed to make her. There was nothing wrong with making her really flawed, but the the thing that made that made all of this really unforgivable for me was just the fact that you didn't give me a reason for why Kristen Stewart's character was in love with her in the first place. Yeah, you you just kind of get dropped into that relationship. Yeah, sure. I'm I am told that they are in love and that Kristen Stewart wants to marry her. Uh, and that they've been together for like over a year and they've been living together for six months. Like, and she, all these things. And then like the main conflict once they get to Harper's hometown is that Harper's basically a different person around her family, which is normal. I think, especially for queer people, that's pretty, like, I know it is for me, like that's normal. But like, that's part of the conflict is that Kristen Stewart doesn't feel like she knows her girlfriend anymore. And there's really no resolution to that. First of all, particularly because we, and it doesn't really work very well as a conflict because I don't know anything about Harper in the real world. My first introduction to this character was her lying to her girlfriend <laughs> before inviting her to Christmas. So you need it, like, if there's a flaw, it is that. It is by and large that. It is that there's nothing wrong with the fact that you wrote this really flawed main character, but you needed to give me a reason otherwise for why I liked her or should be rooting for. Kristen Stewart to stay in a relationship with her. There's too many flaws, not enough positives. It's like you gotta show some kind of like, okay, why are you with this person right now? Moment. Especially when you when you present Aubrey Plaza as the other lesbian who is funny and supportive and has such oh my I need Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart to also star separate in their and another don't they have like a like, great scene at the at a, like a restaurant or like something? They're at a gay I'm bar. They have this okay. amazing scene together at a gay. They have a lot of good scenes together, but like their big one is the scene where they go to a gay bar together, and they have like 
Chris, Chris and Stewart and Aubrey Plaza just have such good chemistry, and Aubrey Plaza's character is so much more likable. <laughs> so basically, you're rooting for the two of them. Yeah, so you're sitting there being like, I think they should just sit together. I think that's you know what I think is. I was with, I think I was with you when watching watching the movies. <laughs> those scenes. I'm like, you know, these two work. <laughs> <laughs> and now, all of that being said. It is a Christmas rom-com, and exactly, basically, you know, the nature and plot that you are imagining when I tell you it's a Christmas rom-com is what the movie is. We all know what a Christmas rom-com is. Uh, And it's got lesbians. It's got, like, many, many lesbians in the movie. I'm glad we're seeing some more queer, um, you know, like, Christmas. Like holiday movies, or or I should say like rom coms, or like it feels like I don't know. Feels it's nice to see that. Well, exactly. Now, now, it's nice to have the fl- this this type of light, fluffy. Like not every single queer story has to be this deep, heavy, brooding tragedy. Like it's okay for us to have these light and fluffy narratives too. And especially with Christmas ones, because I. So my mother loves Christmas and she starts watching, like she'll watch the Christmas in July marathon on Hallmark. So I, I like, whenever I talk to her, I'm like, oh, are you watching the Hallmark movie with the city girl who has to go back to the small town and the white guy with the horse will eventually show her the magic of Christmas and then it snows. And then she has to make the decision between the stockbroker and then the country boy. And then he shows up on the horse and then she ends up going back home. And she's like, that's not all of them. And I'm like, yes, it is. They all so formulate. He's always got a horse. He doesn't always have a horse. Sometimes he has a truck. You're right. You're right. I forgot the diversity. We got horse and a Ford Focus. You're right. My bad. The diversity on display is amazing. It's amazing. One day, maybe they'll even show a Jeep and we'll get the full (laughs) range. Jeep? (laughs) And you, you you can't forget the token friend. Sometimes it is a person of color. And sometimes they are gay. Never both. Oh, yeah. They got a, it's, <laughs> but on the, the card, t- it says <laughs> one or the other. But it's like... <laughs> there's the friend. Who's a minority of some sort. They're in the meeting for the script. They're like, you get one. You got to pick <laughs> off this list. There's a check Oh wow! <laughs> I'm also you know, always a big Brun- fan of of the, the 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 local politician that is always a character in these movies of no oh, yeah. discernible political persuasion. We aren't gonna name <laughs> what political party they are, but they're like the mayor or a councilman, and they're yes. someone's sibling or parent, and we're not going to name the political party of which they are associated. And they show up saying, I'm sorry, but Christmas is canceled for some reason. We have to raise money for the rec center. Yep. (laughs) Oh, there's a, I'm sorry, this is such a tangent, but I got to get this up real quick. There's a a Hallmark movie about, like, these people who are, 
I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a fireman and this other woman, and there's like adopting kittens involved, and I think it's called like a kitten Christmas or something like that. I have I have it on my DVR. I want to see it just because I like casting. It's Brandon Ralph. Yeah. Oh my God. That's it. It's pure Hallmark cheese formulaic, just on the nose the whole time, <laughs> and I always like come in because I was like you know what let me see this because it seems like it'd be that perfect cheese but I always catch it right at the same damn part and I'm like oh, t- I want to see it at the beginning <laughs> I gotta remember to watch it I'm sorry does Hallmark have a streaming service yet I feel like it should yes they do okay also um Bruce Campbell is in in one this year <gasps> Bruce Campbell's really? a Hallmark movie yeah, it's it's called One December Night, and uh, he stars alongside um, uh, Peter Gallagher, uh, if you know him. Uh, but they're like musicians or something. I don't. I think it's a rom com, but I don't know. <laughs> you know what's a Christmas movie? I actually, and I'm gonna show this to my girlfriend tonight. Actually, maybe if she wants, she'll let me. Um, but a, a really good little underrated little Christmas movie that I love is uh, The Night Before. With like Seth Rogen and that, oh, you know, right. that oh. predictable crew that follows Seth Rogen everywhere. Um, it was Joseph Gordon Levitt, right? And yeah, there was Joseph Gordon Levitt and Danny McBride, and I, do, I genuinely don't remember if James Franco was in that. Anthony one, Mackie. James, Anthony, Anthony Mackie. Mackie. The three leads was Joseph Gordon Levitt, <laughs> Seth Rogen, and Anthony Mackie. Yeah, right? Danny McBride's in there somewhere. I don't remember where. Probably. <laughs> But oh, Michael I, Shannon is in it. I Sorry. love that's oh. that's a really good underrated like it was it kind of fell under the it's under the wire in terms of Seth Rogen comedies but I I love it a lot. Um, it's a really funny Christmas movie. Okay, I have not seen it. Uh, oh, it's great! It's one of those like you know all in one night type of structures where it's like Seth Rogen's whole thing is that he's about to become a dad. And so this is the last Christmas Eve where he and his friends can go out and do their Christmas Eve tradition, which is basically wear ugly sweaters and do a lot of drugs and, <laughs> you know, typical stuff. <laughs> typical stuff. <laughs> that seems like a fun movie. I I, I saw the trailers, but I didn't I, did, I didn't see it. Um, I kind of in the similar vein. I'm thinking of the uh, Held and Kumar Christmas movie. Yeah, it I is. thought that it's movie was bit. fun. <laughs> It's, it's got, yeah, the Harold and Kumar type structure of just, like, shenanigans upon shenanigans upon shenanigans. I don't know if I've... I've never seen that, but I don't know if I have, like, a favorite Christmas movie, which is odd, because, hell, my my birthday is Christmas Eve. You'd think I would have one. Oh, my favorite Christmas movie is Christmas Vacation, which might be an obvious pick, but oh, uh, my family one. my family Mine, watches it every year, and it's aged, I think, really, really well. Mine for would probably who was involved be, in it. Mine would it's I have a three way tie. Mine would be a tie between Muppet Christmas Carol, Home Alone, and Die Hard. Oh. <laughs> what, what was that? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I fucking hate. I fucking hate when people say that shit. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't need to get into the 
the argument about whether it's a Christmas movie or not, yes, Christmas. The fact that it's Christmas is really actually integral to the tone, theme, and theme and plot of the movie. That's fine. It bothers me when people think that they're the funniest person on the planet because, oh, my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. You know that I'm not saying it was to be asking. the funniest. I'm not saying it to be the funniest person on the planet, Lizzie. I'm saying no, no, it because no, I love the movie. Jesse, I think I think her frustration is more about those people, not about you. It just reminded her of the discourse about it. <laughs> Okay. It does. Uh, it does. There's say, people. I'm not people saying that as a funny ha ha joke. I'm saying it because I love the movie. <laughs> no, people think, yeah, people think yeah, that they're about to, to rock that. your world with the revelation that you're about to call Die Hard a Christmas movie. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think that's that. I think I think that sounded more hostile than it than it was meant to be. Oh, also Nightmare Before Christmas because it is also because it covers both holidays. <laughs> I'm gonna That's say night true. before Christmas. I consider I, I primarily consider it a Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's it's way more a Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah. Like that's that's I th- I think it's a spooky Christmas movie far more than it is a, a Halloween movie. Like yeah. I get why people watch it on Halloween, uh, but like you I don't know, know, there's lots of other things I'd rather watch on Halloween. You know, I just thought of one, but it's not um, well, one's a movie, but one's an anime. So okay. one is the seminal classic by one Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> Masterpiece. Masterpiece of cinema. I do love that movie. Yeah. It's so stupid. It is. It's, it's so amazing. Oh, another one, Batman Returns. That one's really good. That was a good. Oh yeah, that's true. What was the I anime? All the time, oh, um, so I don't know if y'all heard of it, but Saint Young Men. Which is a no. great anime. So it's all right. Stay with me now. Okay. Jesus Christ, Buddha, they're BFFs. They're going already. on vacation. <laughs> they vacation <laughs> in Japan. It's their adventures, and it's the sweetest, funniest anime and manga I've read and watched in a while like there's a whole scene where they like they're trying to live as as humans like vacation it and they rent out this apartment and like um the landlady is kind of hard with them there's a scene where they go to an onsen and Jesus gets mistaken as a Yakuza member what <laughs> I need to see this now it's I what's so it called funny. again I'm sorry it's called Saint Young Men yeah Saint Young Men and then there's a scene where of course it's Christmas and Buddha's like oh I want to do something nice for Jesus for his birthday you know and he goes up to him and he's like hey Jesus do you know what Christmas like you know what time of year it is he, you know what Christmas is and he's like yeah it's when Santa came up with reindeer propelled fright <laughs> Like it's the day he made the Buddha's life. What is wrong with you? It's your birthday. Oh, or my favorite part where Jesus went to um, a convenience store and these girls mistook him as Johnny Depp. That was. A- <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. It is amazing. I highly recommend it. And it's so funny. I would have loved, loved to have seen Johnny Depp in his prime play Jesus. Like, back before he got really lazy, back when he was, like, you know, a grad putting in the effort to be the great actor that he once was, that would have been amazing. Edward era? Yeah, like, Edward yeah. era. 
Oh my god. I'd say, was... I'd say the last really fucking good Johnny Depp performance is probably Sweeney Todd, I want to say, so. Mm. I mean, yes, he was great in Sweeney Todd. I'm trying to think if there That's was That's at least the last one I remember. That. I would argue, well, it depends on how you view the movie, but Dark Shadows. It depends on if you view it as camp or not. Then you can probably get okay. away with it. I have complicated it because I actually love Dark, the original TV show. I love Dark Shadows. It's, it's so, it's so, I, I, I love it. I love, I love the original. So the thing about the movie is it's nothing like the show whatsoever. Which is fine, um, but, like, by itself would be fine. Uh, it's not a very good movie, um, but I think it's, I don't think it's intentional camp, if you're going to describe it like that. I would describe it as the kind of accidental, accidentally campy thing. I think that Johnny Depp was going for a campy performance, though. I don't think Tim Burton intended it to be a campy movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes perfect sense, actually, because that's yeah. how that, that's why I'm like, it depends on how you look at it, because I got camp from him. But you could tell, like, that they were trying to go for, like, you know, this is this is what the movie is. This is, the you know, serious. Yeah. And he's like, LOL, no. I think Johnny, I definitely think Johnny Depp was trying because Johnny Depp and Tim Burton both actually both were big fans of that show as children. Or at least reportedly, that was uh, what they said in interviews and stuff around the time it came out. Um, so I believe that Johnny Depp was trying, um, but it still didn't reach the, you know, the depths of his better performances from decades past. Which is a shame. Which is a shame. Well, it makes the whole Johnny, like, we, I get, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation, as it were. But it... There's a whole thing that makes me very sad about Johnny Depp. It's that he really was, once upon a time, such a great actor. And it's easy to forget that in the shadow of the last 10 year, 10, 15 or so years. But, like, Johnny Depp used to be so great. He was such a great actor. When you go back, like, Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood and the, his original take on Jack Sparrow with the first Pirates of the Caribbean... And Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, like Benny and June, you watch these movies. He was so good and he was so passionate and he tried so hard and he had a lot of depth and diversity in his performances. He was a character actor, but his character acting was different. Like it wasn't this kind of single Johnny Depp coat of paint that we kind of understand it as now. Like it used to be so his perform like Ed Wood and Edward Scissorhands are such wildly different performances. They're, but they're so good, and it makes me really sad that he just clearly, whatever spark used to be there, whatever passion he used to have for this craft is just gone, and that's really sad to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I kind of wonder, because I was reading something about the um, Jennifer Lawrence uh, pipeline. Have you heard yes. about that? Yes, yeah. I have, yeah. So I was thinking about, like, what... Um, like, uh oh, they're coming for me. It's an ambulance. <laughs> oh. oh no, they're they're hearing you're on this podcast, so they were they're definitely looking for you now. <laughs> uh, 
But, like, I was wondering, like, what certain actors would have ended up falling down, like, the Jennifer Lawrence pipeline. And, well, you know, let me get some context. So, for those of you who don't know, the Jennifer Lawrence pipeline is kind of like, um, if you remember, like, back in, what was it, like, 2012, 2013, whenever the Hunger Games started to, like, peak, uh, Jennifer Lawrence became, like, everybody's favorite relatable actress like she was everywhere you know she was talking about pizza on the red carpet she was talking about like all this other stuff everybody loved her but then all of a sudden she became everywhere and then the public opinion began to shift to just like oh my god she's so annoying oh my god liking pizza doesn't make you relatable you know all that stuff and then she just kind of stepped back and moved away and we didn't hear for her for a long 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 time and you know, she just figured that people are sick of me right now, so I'm just going to take a step back. So I think about, like, certain people who fell down that pipeline, and I think that Johnny Depp might have, he was on his way over there, but it was mostly because I think he took on too many character roles. Or rather, he got typecast into too many character roles. And people were like, come on, man. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I'm also like, hearing alcohol. Well, yeah, exactly. Johnny Depp's personal discussion on his of his journey with addiction is also really interesting because he never came out and called himself a, an alcoholic, but he did quit drinking for a very long time. Um, and then you know he started again, and so and I that definitely I definitely would probably say that when he started drinking again, probably, and of course, I don't know him personally, so I couldn't tell you exactly when that was, but I don't think it's a coincidence that it almost certainly aligned with when his, you know, performances started to go downhill and his professional life started to fall apart quite a bit. It definitely has a factor, that definitely has a factor in it. I wonder, I also wonder, like, if there was... Well, aside from him, do you think there would have been any other actor, actress who would have fallen down that pipeline or who have? Oh, tons of them. I think Ben Affleck was down there for a long time and now he's gotten he's gotten a a revival as it were, but I think there was a long period of time where people were sick to fuck of Ben Affleck's face. Um um, yeah, yeah, and I remember <laughs> it got so bad that when he was announced for uh to play Batman, everyone just there was like this collective groan that happened. Which is a shame because he was the best thing that happened to that universe. <laughs> he was the best thing in that. He was the best part of that movie. And that's not even a context. Well, and of course, now that it's Robert Pattinson, now all of a sudden we're super nostalgic for the Ben Affleck Batman. But Right, right, right. Because, yeah. because stupid fanboys can't get over uh, the fact that he was in Twilight. Like... I swear, it's, there's like, there's there's this one online critic who I'm aware of who I won't name because I don't want to promote it. I don't want to unintentionally promote any harassment or whatever, who is so against um, <laughs> Robert Pattinson being Batman because he was fucking, uh, he was in fucking Twilight. And like, people have, are trying to point out that he's all, that he's been in so many things fucking good movies giving great performances since then and he's just dismissing them so it's, and he's just being this fucking asshole about it so it really shouldn't surprise you that he used to be on channel awesome but anyway <laughs> Listen. oh no we have to have the conversation every time we have this podcast yes we do and we'll put a, 
Oh, the channel, the the discussions of why we hate Doug Walker and Channel Awesome conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think that's good now because he's been doing opinions on the Kingdom Hearts series, and like oh, everyone's no. everyone's calling him good now because he went up to bat for those games as story, which you don't look. I'm saying this is one of the most diehard piece of garbage Kingdom Hearts fans you will ever fucking meet. <laughs> You cannot. You do not have to look far at people for videos of people defending the story in those games, being done by people who aren't shit. Yeah, yeah. Why, why latch on to the toxic asshole? Right. Like, I mean, I mean, you have like channels like Super Butterbuns where their entire brand is being a fucking Kingdom Hearts fan. Like, again, you don't have to look far. Why did he even decide to go down that route? Did he run out was, of stuff? You said I, it was for his Disney summer. It was he did it yeah, in, yeah. for Disney summer. He right? ran out of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's <laughs> he been like he I guess Channel Awesome's been doing streaming on Twitch recently and Doug streamed the Kingdom Hearts series or most of it, I guess, and um he added them to reviews for Disney Sember and so far he looked at both one and two. Um and everyone's saying, oh, Doug Walker actually provided a good provided a good take on Kingdom Hearts. He good now. And it's like providing a good take on a mega successful video game franchise does not it's, make you a good person. Well, it's also it's not like Doug Walker had never in the history of anything had a good take on something. Right. He's, before. he's, had, he's had occasions he's, of, of like, giving Everybody has, a, everybody has an interesting opinion every now and again. Doug Walker's just particularly bad at doing that. But, right. So it's interesting because I had a, a TikTok kind of pop off a little bit where it was somebody talking about like Doug Walker and uh, Channel Awesome and comparing him to uh, James Rolfe, AVGN. And I made the, the thing where it was like, uh, you could kind of tell that at some point Doug stopped playing a character and it was all just him where James is still playing a character to this day. Right. And he might slip some of his opinion there, but James has never really been to, like, even if he had really about a game he doesn't like, he's not, like, all up in arms about it. He's just kind of like, oh, it's funny, blah, blah, blah. He's, he seems like he's always been a kind of mellow guy. But Doug right. is well, just, like, James all the Roth time on TV. It's like, calm down. James Rolfe also grew up, like, a lot in the yeah. last 15 years he since he started doing this. Doug Walker really didn't. Yeah. James Rolfe yeah, also kind of... Like, James Rolfe has also constantly made efforts to make, to, like, keep, like, evolving his content to fit with, like, the current, the current string of what, of video reviews on YouTube. Like, he's all, yeah. he's constantly evolving, he's constantly doing a lot of really cool, ambitious shit. Like, um, so I, I find some of his more experimental reviews as a result to be interesting because while while they may not always hit there it's interesting to see what he's trying to do like um there right. was one review there was one review of a game i forget, i can't remember the name but there was a review of the game that he did basically in a single take and i thought that was kind oh. of awesome is like, it the one where it's like a like a poem and he's mm -hmm. walking through the dungeon yes is it that one 
Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember it now, but I yeah. That was like, and I thought that was cool because it was clear a lot of effort was put into how this was presented. And I didn't care that it wasn't in the traditional review format because I was more interested in how this was being made. Compare that to Doug's more, quote unquote, ambitious ventures. And like, I guess we'll go ahead and sit, bring this beauty up, uh, The Wall, which... <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny too because you would think that Apparently, both of these men, like James always mentions filmmaking as being like his top thing. Like, I think even that's what he did as a career. Like, he was a, a wedding videographer, I think. Like, um, and Doug apparently always wanted to, like, be a filmmaker and stuff. But it seems like only one of them actually, like, learned the craft. And James, tried James to implement- has been making films since he was a child. Like yeah, I, right. Like Doug, Doug just go ahead. Oh, it's just Doug is just all over the place. Like he 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 wants to be there, but he doesn't want to put in the practice or the effort because, like the wall review, that probably could have been a very like satirical take on it, but he fumbled it. And I don't, although I personally don't know what anybody was expecting after you saw Pop Quiz Hot Shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> after that. I don't know what you thought she was going to get. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, pop quiz hot shot, uh, demo reel. Uh. <laughs> well, the uh, funny thing is, too, Channel Awesome stands are such an, are wild are wild to me, quite, to be honest with you. Like, you get people still defending Doug Walker and everything Channel Awesome, did, like, with zero awareness. It's It's so strange. You said Channel Awesome stands, and I had to pause because I didn't know there were still stands. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's mostly folks who kind of dismissed a lot of the um, a lot of the stuff in the not-so-awesome document as just, yeah, they, they don't have you any You mean proof. it's reactionary types? Yeah, basically. Um, basically. Yeah. Basically, let's just say there's a lot of uh, intersecting between Channel Awesome stands and Vic Mignogna stands because they say the same shit. Oh, Jesus. I had somebody message me about that today, and I was like, they're still on that shit? It's been, what, two years since the document came out? It's been, like, three. It was 2018, I think. I think, but with um, the Vic Mignogna situation, that was was two years, yeah. Oh, Oh, God. It's it's been two years, and they still on it. Jeez. Yeah, I yeah I had people talking about me on fucking Kiwi Farms a few days ago. I I don't know people. There are people on the internet who are just really determined to never admit that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And the channel also like okay. If, I I have a weird connection to to to. To a little bit of of the channel awesome drama too in a weird way through my involvement in Twitter. <laughs> I told Jazzy about this. You know, you know, we talked. Yeah. Uh, do you know Cinematic Venom? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Perfect reaction. Um, I became a partial target <laughs> in this. Uh, oh no! In, in the whole downfall, I was actually responsible for his turn, or not responsible, but I was I was in the thread where the churn happened from. Supportive to not supportive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where it flipped to like, where, like it, nice. It was all like 
he was saying something about how he's allowed to use the n-word and i was just like are you an idiot <laughs> excuse me what? yeah for those since uh for those of you who don't know i am black so <laughs> hearing this is just kind of i don't huh. this this huh. is where i was like are you fucking kidding me and so like <laughs> we like he got piled on with me and some other people but i know i was definitely like one of the main people uh and then he's brought out something about how like you can't do offensive stuff anymore like how like blazing saddles used to be like or oh, you know God. and then That's... i said like i said that movie was made over 40 fucking years ago also, do you want things to stay the Sa- same also blading blazing saddles has has an important historical context when it's going into that shit it's not just saying it for the sake of it it's doing Thank it's, you. it's doing it with a point like it's also not just written by one jewish man <laughs> Like, oh, I Mel Brooks gets the credit for sure, but there was there was a writer's team. I on hate that when day. they use Blazing Saddles. Like, it's, it's always Blazing Saddles, too. Well, it's always it, Blazing Saddles. Well, what's funny about that, too, is that, like, these if Blazing Saddles actually did come out today, these people would hate it. Oh, they would have. They'd be like, yeah. what is this SJW trash? Yeah, they what would. What is this woke trash? Like, the language used in Blazing Saddles is offensive, absolutely, but it's offensive with a fucking point. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having, with going into offensiveness in your com, in your comedy movie, but you need to do so with tact and with a point. Yeah, because, like, they're showing that the townspeople are just being (laughs) completely ignorant. These are, okay, and Gene Wilder's wonderful little little monologue about you know these are these are the folks of the land you know townspeople morons morons <laughs> yeah like that would send every if that came out today that would send these people into like a this is an anti-white frenzy oh yeah <laughs> like how dare you call the white people you're painting all the white people as racist you're calling them more that that like they're so full of shit they are so full of shit i don't even believe half these people have seen blazing saddles when they oh, show that they're the same it's a vid diagram of those people who always reference blazing saddles and the ones who always reference 1984 it's a vid diagram in which I mean also, it's just a plain circle. Also, the people who say that folks like George Carlin would not survive in the comedy world today when George fucking Carlin was going off on the same shit we're going off against right now. Yeah, he was. Oh, he'd, be, he'd be spitting some hard facts and they'd call him a right. commie. Right. It's like, I, I, it's like, look. I'll give, I'll grant you, there is quite a bit of George Carlin humor that that ha- hasn't aged well. I'll grant you that. But when the man had a point, holy shit, he had a sure, point. Sure, but these things are like these things are never gonna age well. Right, it's more inevitability um, than anything else. So like yeah. there's certain like there like there there are certain things that it's like this at the like there's a difference between something not aging well and some like saying oh this person would have been canceled today. No, if George Carlin was doing bits today, like. If you transplant this to now, the language would be different. The point would be the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it, it reminds. So I. I, I mean, what's staying in my mind right now is this whole line about um, conservatives want want 
a live baby so they could become dead soldiers, right? No, no, like, George Carlin had a lot of stand-up that spouted a lot of more left-wing opinions. I believe the dude was pretty left-wing in his personal life, so. Oh, yeah. Like, he, but, like, he does come across as old-fashioned in his stand-up, but that's because he's playing the part of a crotchety old man. Well, and also, George Carlin, George Carlin was such a, like, if you listen to anything outside of his stand-up, George Carlin was such a caring, gentle human being. Right, and... I remember the first time I ever heard a George Carlin interview that wasn't a stand-up, and I was like, his voice is so soft. Yeah, I remember listening, I remember pulling up a clip of one interview where he talked about um, Andrew Dice Clay, which I'll have to say, I have to say, everything he said in that interview easily applies to Dave Chappelle in the modern day, so... Just because... It's so interesting because it's like when you, I honestly think that if he was still around, it'd probably be like Eddie Murphy where he regrets, you know, telling some of his jokes because he was like, I was young, you know, oh, yeah. I was stupid. You know, I, I know that those aren't like, those aren't funny. Like that was just a whole thing. And that, you know, I apologize for it. It's like, Eddie, okay. Yeah. Cool. Eddie Murphy was talking about it, all, all the age and gay jokes that he used to make. He really, yeah. Eddie Murphy really owned up to that. There was another comedian. I can't remember who it was. There's another comedian who had this great quote that was basically like, look, the reality about comedy is it doesn't age well. And if you're going to do this, you need to accept the fact that jokes you make now are not going to be funny in 20 years. And you know, Even like five, 10 years, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you? Oh, it's Go just that. It's kind of like what you were saying. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just because when I think about it, I think about like, so a little known fact about me. I love the Three Stooges. Like, I find them hilarious. But pratfall humor, you know, pantomime humor has fallen out of style considerably over the decades. So it's not like, you know, it's not funny. It's seen as kind of lowbrow, like low hitting fruit. But back then, it was the pinnacle of humor. Everybody was cracking up over a pie in the face, over a pratfall. It's and, just the evolution also, of comedy. And like, comedy is also a genre that uniquely is really, really dependent on its, on the time and place in which it exists. Yeah. There's a lot of comedy that is, like, sometimes the funniest thing you've ever heard in your life is only funny because you heard it at that time and that place in this specific era, there's just comedy that's just fundamentally the joke doesn't hit because the pop culture has changed. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll go... So, uh, it's really interesting when I'll go back and watch, like, old stand-up that maybe I saw when I was in high school or something. Like, an old, like, Kevin Hart skit or a Cat Williams skit. And I'm like, huh, this ain't as funny as I remember it being. But then you think about it, it's like, oh. well, my... T- you know, tastes have changed, opinions have changed, you know, like, things have evolved, and it's like, yeah, this thing really, you know, but it, it, it's all dependent, like you said. Right. See, it's funny you mention that, because sometimes comedy, depending on the movie or show or whatever, may not be as good nowadays as we remember it, because, um, like, last weekend, a few friends showed me the movie Rat Race. They hadn't seen it in a while, but they insisted it was, like, one of the funniest movies ever. I had never seen it. Um... I thought it was fucking horrible. <laughs> um, and, I used to watch it a lot as a kid, but I haven't seen it since that time period. D- so if I you, don't. If you have good memories associated with that movie, Crystal, don't watch it today. 
Yeah, I'm not <laughs> planning to. Like, because the, lo- the look on everyone else's... The, in terms of the people who saw, who saw it years ago when they were showing it to me, the look on their fucking faces. We were going through this movie, and there were just a lot of bits they all fucking forgot. That sounds like when I show my friend Zoolander. Oh, just I was remembering bits and pieces that I I convinced her to watch it with me because she doesn't watch any movies like at all, really. She just doesn't. And I'm sitting here going like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> oh. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's um, kind of that's kind of the the thing that happens with with comedy. It doesn't age well at all. And I I think our un- understanding and and like understanding of like each other and how things you know like actually work has um definitely uh, gotten better. Even though obviously things aren't still great. Um oh, I was gonna bring a comedian who I thought actually handled um looking back at old stuff pretty well was i i so i've never seen a bo burnham special before or anything and oh, i yeah. decided i decided to go into inside because i heard like nothing but praise and holy shit is that like one of the most transcendent pieces of comedy i've seen recently <laughs> first of all yes it is yeah it's a it's a it's amazing it's so good and yes still need bo to see burnham, it you bo need jazzy you gotta it. see it you gotta see it there's a song called um uh, Lizzie Problematic is the song that talks about Yeah, that. it's a whole song about, like, I don't... There are things I did that I... Varying levels of regret. Um, and I am unsure about what my place as a wealthy, successful, straight white man in this society is to fix any of that. But I'm sorry. I have not oh. seen Inside, but you I should. do know that it's but Bo Burnham has always given me the uh vibe of kind of like Adam Driver. He is forced to be online, even though he does not want to be online. <laughs> but that is where his career is, and he is stuck in some kind of horrible limbo. And <laughs> I think you just you just described inside so well without having seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, like Thank he you. always gave me that vibe, and I think. What solidified it was when I heard that song where it's like, um, like, uh, daddy made you some content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, shoot, this is a cry for help. Somebody help this poor man. My favorite song off of Inside was definitely Welcome to the Internet. Oh, that, yeah. That is a, a masterful, that is a masterful song. But my it's... favorite feel- song is that funny feeling. There it is. Again, that funny feeling. I saw a lot of that people doing feeling. like the white woman Instagram. And <laughs> I think it caused a lot of people to reevaluate their life. <laughs> oh. I don't know. No, I embraced that wholeheartedly. I was like, yep. I, 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 I made a, a pledge long ago that as long as they weren't actively racist things, I wasn't going to sit here and be ashamed of the white, the stereotypical white woman. I'm not going to try and desperately prove I'm not a basic white woman. Of course I am. 
Like, look, we had a whole, there was a bit of discourse on TikTok about that for a while, but I, I, remember. I am all here for white women, white women in the positive way. Get your Ugg boots, get your Luke Skywalker vest, get your pumpkin spice, get Thank the you. little ponytail, like, do what you need to do in the positive way to make you happy. Right, like, I'm not gonna, like, like the I got my pumpkin spice lattes. I have, I have my, Lizzie, my, my inability to dance, and it's I'm a vibe. Lizzie, I'm I'm not currently at my at my state where I can have my white woman Instagram moments yet. You're gonna get there. You're gonna get I'll there, Crystal. Get there. You're gonna be the most basic white woman that ever white woman. One yes. day you're gonna be in a pumpkin patch and take a picture, and you won't even know it, but that'll be the start. It'll be a, you're you'll gonna, look back on it and be like, wow. You're going to buy It'll, a tiny pumpkin and keep that on your desk for, like, four months. <laughs> I, lo- gonna, I like the, uh, the I hopefully I don't reach the point where I'm, where I'm doing a, a quote from Lord of the Rings incorrectly misattributed to, to Martin Luther, Martin Luther King, <laughs> like mentioned in the song. <laughs> Jazz, you don't know the context we have, you have to see inside. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Was it nominated for at, at the Grammys, right? Inside it was nominated yes. for like best comedy album. Oh yes. wow. Good. I hope it wins. It will. I probably will. I can't Wait, imagine I it, it was, not winning. I think it got nominated for a comedy film somewhere, but I think it was disqualified from the Grammys for some reason. What? I could have sworn the Grammys. It should have swept all the awards. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Grammys haven't happened yet, have they? Or am I just that out of the loop? The, yeah, no. The Grand no, they nominated, haven't. It's nominated for Best Music Film, uh, Best okay, Song yeah. Written for Visual Media. Okay. All I, guess, I guess that's fair. All, for All Eyes on Me? Okay, yeah, that's a yeah, good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, my second you're, favorite. You're, you're right about Welcome to the Internet. It is a fantastic in, encapsulation of what the Internet is. <laughs> um, But, um... People who do not know Bo Burnham will be confused by this part of the podcast, but I, I hope I hope they enjoy that. So um, actually, oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was finishing my thought. Oh, um, I just to switch gears because since this is a nerdy geeky podcast, um, we still have one but, other topic that we want to cover with Jazzy. But what what do you want to talk about first? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to uh, make a quick aside to talk about the recent news with the Black Panther 2 movie and Mm. Letitia Wright, because I think that this historic fumbling of the bag should be recorded and talked about, because goddamn girl, how you fuck up that bag where you fumble (laughs) a Marvel bag that was, it was already in your hands. You already had the check and you fucked it up over not getting vaccinated it's insane just quit a marvel movie because you didn't want to get vaccinated like you you got that just brain worms and especially especially not to bring the tone down on this at all but like especially in the wake of chadwick boseman Oh yeah, because yeah. like you were lined you know, up to be the, basically be the star of the next movie. Like you, you, 
like, I don't know, that just makes it worse to me. So very much worse. Well, someone brought up the fact that if he was still around and going through treatment, he would have been immunocompromised. Yes. So you mean to tell me that you wouldn't be vaccinated to help out your co-star who you know is going through? Just, just girls, some, I hope yeah, they there's find... no way she didn't see him while he was sick. Yeah, like, I just hope they find somebody to replace her, but just, um, the fumbling of the bag has been talked about right now on black twitter specifically where it brought up other fumblings of bags and it brought up like um when uh um who was it shoot i forgot there was the time where of course uh terrence howard another uh marvel bag fumbled when he (laughs) was going through all that shit and lost the title of uh war machine Yes, Terrence Howard, who they they famously replaced with an actor who looked just like him. Oh, just like (laughs) twins, (laughs) just like him. Um, and then there was um, oh shoot, I can't remember his name, but it was with the Fast and Furious. Um, and they replaced him with Tyrese. Like, I think he was late to a meeting and they replaced and they instead called Tyrese and he ended up getting that spot. Um, Damn, who was it? Oh, I forgot. Um, But yeah, like just girl, congratulations on going in the L uh, Hall of Fame for really just just fucking it up. (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, I've I've been seeing a lot of that. I just I don't understand like why. <laughs> I don't understand why these why these folks are being fucking children about it. I swear. I don't either, but it but to me it's like apparently she's kind of like remember when Nicki Minaj had that whole spiel about how oh my cousins uh <laughs> nephew got the vaccine and his balls shriveled up and all kinds of stuff. I don't remember. But it was, it was just, something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. And it was just like, what are you talking about? She's she's kind of like in that camp. And at that mm. point, it's just kind of like, okay, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, that was it. It was Ja Rule. Ja Rule in Fast and Furious 2. He was supposed to be in it, but he was Damn, late to the meeting. That's why Firefest happened. Exactly, he was getting his revenge. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wait, so he was replaced by Tyree, Tyrese because he didn't want to be in the movie? Uh, he, it was ludicrous. Ludicrous. He, uh, ludicrous ended up taking his spot. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Not Tyrese, but ludicrous took his spot. Okay. Got, yeah. Now, I, now that makes sense for the era. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like, um, somebody else mentioned that of, of course, um. Uh, I don't know if you all know this, but Shonda Rhimes, yeah. uh, she was going to have an exclusivity deal for our shows with ABC, uh, mm-hmm. but they lost it because they would not give her some Disneyland tickets. <laughs> so, Grey's Anatomy, people, scandal. People, people make insane decisions. Yeah. That is very true. Oh, and Dad, like me starting this podcast. <laughs> and I, I want to close out this with the most notorious fumbling of the bag with Will Smith turning down the Matrix and Django Unchained. Oh, Just yeah. Not one, but two. So, 
Why do you turn down good movies, Will? But After Earth. Oh, God. Have to be After Earth. Got to work with Shyamalan. Well, you see, you wanted to make that you movie. You know what? Like, I like, think if... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if I think Will Smith had... <laughs> if Will Smith had said yes to The Matrix... That it would have undermined the Matrix a little bit. I feel like at the time it came out, it would have been overshadowed by the star that Will Smith was at that point in time. That's that fair. is true. Everything came together for the Matrix for a reason. <laughs> and the reason is the trans agenda. <laughs> no. I was just talking about the Wachowski sisters earlier today. <laughs> What were you so talking speaking. about the relation? Oh. Uh, bound. Jesse, oh, well, that's, you know. I was going to say, can I talk about my shit? <laughs> yes, sorry, yeah, Jesse. Yeah, sorry. I've been holding We've... this in for over an hour. Let it out. Okay, the fucking Sonic 2 trailer. Oh my fucking God, it looks so good. I'm so fucking ready. Oh my God, Knuckles is going to be the best part. I'm so ready for him to kick ass. It's been too long since we had a kick-ass portrayal of Knuckles. My God, I've never been this hyped for a piece of Sonic anything ever in my life. Fuck! It's awesome. I'm ready. (laughs) I want to say that Idris Elba, you lied. You say you are not going to make Knuckles sexy. You lied to our face. <laughs> no, that's that's physically impossible for him. I was gonna say, we should we knew he was lying when he said that because we all know that it's not possible for Idris Elba to exist in any space and not be sexy. He was like, he, I'm gonna turn it off and 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 did nothing of the sort, sir. Don't don't you lie to us like that again. Oh God, the art, the fan art that's coming. Oh no. Winter is coming. <laughs> and so are nerds. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you say that reminded me of there was a a on TikTok yet again. There was somebody who was doing a robotic cosplay. Like first movie when he's in the black jacket and everything cosplay. Oh, there right. were people wow. in the fucking comments thirsting over Robotnik and I was like, Wow, we've come the the yesification. <laughs> We've come full circle. See, now I'm curious about what that what what that looked like. Have you seen the first one? Oh no, I've seen the movie. I mean, the cosplayer document. Oh, he actually looked really accurate. He he looked really accurate. I was impressed. Has everyone here seen the movies, by the way? The first one, yeah, of course. Yeah, the first movie. Okay, did you like it? Uh, yeah, it was a lot better than I was expecting, honestly. Like, I think I like yeah. that movie better than I honestly should have. But I keep in mind, I felt like a kid watching that movie again, just because I, 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 full disclosure, when I was a kid, I was a huge fucking Sonic fan. Uh, that was my first video game I ever played. Nice. So. Um, I played the Adventure Duology multiple times. Um, I saw the original design for the movie Sonic, and I was disgusted, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then they made it better, and I was like, oh shit, I need to watch it now, because they actually they actually worked to make it better, so. You know, I kind of wonder about that first design, because I recently saw the first movie, um, 
And I was thinking, like, wow, with this new cuter design, it makes you really endear to Sonic more and, like, the plight of the movie. And thinking about that first design, like, being in this script that they made, I'm like, I would just be laughing hysterically. And, like, it's them trying to get me to be interested in, like, the, imagining first Sonic, first draft Sonic just especially with those teeth just oh i don't understand the thought process behind that character design nobody does but now they're like strange now they're getting it right because like i mean we already saw tails's design in the post credit scene in the first movie but holy shit knuckles looks so fucking cool he does. He looks really good. And and in all honesty, I, I have a, a bit of a theory about that design change. I think that they would have kept with it if one of the people who, I can't remember exactly who it was, I think he worked on the Sonic games. He might have been a designer. If he didn't complain about that design, I think we would have gotten Sonic Rough Draft instead I think of the yeah. improved design. I think the guy they brought on was actually the designer who did the um, Sonic Mania. Oh, okay. I think I think he designed all the new, like the accurate looking redesigns should for the film. Him. Yeah, should have yeah. got him first. Yeah, they should have just went to him first. Yeah, yeah. he was. A, I, I'm pretty sure his story was that he was a fan, and then Sega noticed the work he was putting into like remaking. And then they kind of like hired him to actually do Sonic Mania as a full release thing. I think that was the story. Yeah, like Sega has a pretty good relationship with the with um the uh, fan games community because usually I think it's a th- so they released a new Sonic game trailer recently for a game called Sonic Frontiers, and I think that's another a case similar to Mania where it was a guy who originally made a fan game being brought on to make a full fucking game. And uh-huh. can I just say? Holy shit, do I love that? Because I hate how companies like Nintendo treat f- treat uh, fan games all the fucking time with, like, just an automatic cease and desist. Yeah, that's true. Sega, especially with the preview that I saw, like, of that new Sonic game, it looks inc- I'm still shaky. I still get Sonic 06 flashbacks. Like, but I've, so been bur- far, I've been burned before. and yeah. <laughs> Like, realism is Sonic, I see it, and, you know, the Kill Bill sirens start going off, but <laughs> it looks, so far, it looks pretty good. I That's have perfect. zero strong feelings about Sonic. I didn't see the first movie. I thought that the design in the original trailer wasn't was terrifying, um, and then the new one looked better, but I didn't see the movie, and I haven't seen... But Idris Elba is the thing. I'll see anything for Idris Elba's voice. I will sit and close my eyes and just listen to Idris Elba talk. I don't care. You but, should you should see the first movie. It's yeah. very cute. Yeah. It is. Oh, I believe you. I also I also have no strong attachment or opinions on Pokemon and I went to see Detective Pikachu and I loved that. So I yeah, haven't seen that one yet. I need oh, to. Oh, it's to. so precious. It's really cute. It's really sweet. I felt and like Ryan a child, child in the theater with that. It's great as the as the voice of Pikachu and it's it's just a very cute movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I saw that in the well, I, did that well, come out in theaters? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it yes. did. And one like, thing uh, I loved one thing I loved about it, it sorry, one thing I loved about the the the, the theatrical release is that similar to older Pokemon theatrical releases, 
if you went to go see it, you got fucking trading cards. Oh my god, I missed out on that. Oh, I didn't get that when I went to see. You yeah, did? I think it was only opening no. week. No. Oh, I went opening weekend. Listen, Detective Pikachu came out when I was at like the height of my I'm seeing two or three movies a week phase when I was in college, and that was 90% of what I did with my time. I was at the movie theater, and if I wanted to see something, I almost always saw it opening weekend. I, I, I yeah, I, I, I got the cards. I was so excited. I heard about that. I'm like, I need to see this like opening day. See, yeah, yeah. One. That's one thing that I like about that kind of like exclusivity. Like you get trading cards or like um, I know some friends who went to go see like the My Hero Academia movie, uh, the World Heroes one. And they had like a little special one shot booklet that they handed out to people. I'm like, right, that's a good. That. Yeah, I'm like, that's a good incentive to get people back in the theater. Like give them like a little um, like exclusive thing to be like. Yeah, you oh, should do that more. Yeah, it's cute. Like, um, oh, well, so I, I currently have those cards in my old Pokemon card binder sitting right next to my Mew card from the first movie. Fucking nerd. I mean, what what's what's this podcast about, Jazzy? True. But, <laughs> yeah. so, so, uh, but yeah, I, but yeah, inter- I have to say that, like, a lot of those video game movies are so hype right now. Like, I, I enjoyed the first Sonic, and I enjoyed Detective Pikachu. As dumb as it was, I really liked the new Mortal Kombat. I got it on Blu-ray. No fucking shame! Oh, I Isn't love that. is there a new Resident Evil movie coming out? It's, yeah, already, it's out. already out. I heard yeah. it's, it's if you're a fan, it's fun. I mean, it's not like a great movie or anything, but they said it's it's much more designed for, like, the fans. Really? Because every Valid. every fan I've talked to about that game said it was fucking awful, so... Really? I've heard the complete opposite. Really, I yeah. might need to see Ooh. it for myself. I might need to see it for myself then, because I because I um because it's based primarily on the first two games, from what I can tell, and those are the games I've played the most. So I'm excited for it. Like I don't care if it's like like bad. It looks fun. Yeah, I might. It looks like it could just be really fucking dumb and still be fun. So. You know, I, I'm still probably going to enjoy it for that. Because I can enjoy th- Because, yes, I can enjoy things. Wait, really? I know. Shocking, right? Well, eh, sometimes you can enjoy things. On occasion. If you want it for, as a treat. As a, as a small <laughs> treat. <laughs> what the fuck do you even think I watch? What do you... <laughs> How do you think I watch movies? <laughs> no, you, you like you like you like the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yeah, again, I liked Fast and Furious. What the fuck do you want from me? <laughs> we're just teasing. We're just teasing. <laughs> we just, I like we're just Fast and What the fuck do you want from me? This needs to be on a show. <laughs> I like the Fast and Furious films. What the fuck do you want from me? <laughs> what the fuck do you want from me? <laughs> I, I'm I a simple person. A Sorry, go ahead. Oh, just I am a simple person. I see Fast and Furious, I go. What do you want? I'm I'm with, I'm with everyone here. I I I've I've seen I've seen all of the movies since six in theaters, and I plan to see all of them until they make 34 of them. 
I apparently, hope it I hope it just uh, goes on and on and on forever. I hope it never ends. I apparently the there the next two are going to be the last ones. Oh no! But they still have the spinoff stuff. True. They could do true. True. More Hobbs and but, Shaw. But honestly, I think it's a good idea for them to like to uh to start to start to wrap it up because I mean. The last film went into space. Where do you go from here other than putting cars on the fucking moon? Which, if they do, if they do, I will be so fucking excited. No, Are they going to do time travel? That's what I was about to say. Time travel. They got to do time DeLorean. travel now. They need to get the DeLorean if that's Ex- the case. It's universal. Ex- they, they could do it. They could totally do it. They could exactly. totally do it. Exactly. They go back in the past, meet Marty McFly, and some weird stuff happened, and they got to go travel with them all throughout different points of history. They run into Bill and Ted. It's a whole multiverse situation. <laughs> Bam. Boom. Pain. I mean, everyone's doing the multiverse stuff right now, and you very well easily could end a first part of a two-parter finale with Doc Brown coming out of the DeLorean. <laughs> I hear That's that it. you want to defend your family. And then it's just they 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 add nitrous to the fucking DeLorean for the next movie. <laughs> that would be metal as fuck. Universal. We we you can split this check four ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the amount we will settle for no less than in the upper million. <laughs> Copyright. Listen, Universal needs something after the tragic failure that was the Dark Universe. Oh my God! The the, they did remember the mummy, just the mummy. I can't believe how they bad. I can't look at how they massacred my boy. (laughs) They just destroyed. Just I. But then they redeem themselves with the visible, man. Yeah, you know what? Is okay, that listen. part of the dark universe? So kind. Yeah, kind of yes and no. So the thing about it is that what Universal didn't get in their attempt to launch that was that like you had to actually have an idea. It wasn't enough to just be like, let's revitalize this still relatively popular property that we technically own and haven't done anything with in 30 years. Um like so you get you you had things like the um the new invisible man which was amazing and you had um like brain uh Guillermo del Toro's the shape of water which was a radical reimagining of um the creature from the black lagoon and so if you were going to do this Um, like you need, like you need to understand that you need to do something interesting like that. You need to do something new, something that people haven't seen before. And you have to like reimagine these properties in a way that's interesting. You can't just slap the name on it and be like, "And here is generic action movie number three five four with Tom Cruise." It well, was, it was trying to be the MCU. It was because you had uh, Shield. Oh, I mean Prodigium with uh, Nick Fury. I'm sorry. I mean, Doctor Doctor Hyde, Hyde Jekyll, Hyde Hyde Jekyll, um, <laughs> and just just as someone who liked the fun campiness of the original, like not the original movie, but you know, like the 1999 
uh, version of the mummy where I feel like it hit a sweet spot. This was just like, why? Like, if you want it to be more serious and a darker tale of it, like, you could do that, but it it harkened back too much to the 1999 version where it was like, do you, like, are you trying to play up off of nostalgia, but you don't know which movie to play off of the nostalgia from? Because I could tell you, just go back to the original. Like, just go do that. Like, instead of the 1999 one, because we still like that one, and we still have very, like, fond memories of it. It's still, like, just... I'm, I'm talking all over the place, but I have really strong feelings about it. A historic no. by Awakening film. It is. It really is. Just like, like I saw that they were prop that they're doing repairs on the Mummy Ride down in Orlando, which I believe still has the old uh, video set up for the ride with Brendan Fraser in the video queue. And that they were thinking about getting rid of him. And I had a very visceral reaction. Like, don't you dare get rid of my boy in the video queue. Like, my boy. <laughs> like, my boy. Yeah, like, not my boy. Don't do that. So, like, well, and especially because that new movie did not revitalize interest in that franchise whatsoever. It not did not. In fact, you know, you know what? Now that I think about it, it had a very similar plot. To Suicide Squad. Oh, no! Oh, shit! Someone murder me now! <laughs> oh, wait. Like, wait, you're right. Holy God. Oh, shit! Cause, Give like, me cancer now, God! <laughs> <laughs> right, like, ancient, like, evil being unleashed. Turning people into, like... Slaves and zombies. Yeah. And don't like that. a group of people have to have to stop them, and they're trying to resurrect a bigger evil. Like in the Enchantress case, her brother, and uh, what's her name's case, her her like a uh, set. Like, oh, damn! Oh my god! Wait a minute. But Wait listen, minute. these are actually feminist masterpieces because uh, the monster is shaped like a woman. The monster uh, yes. is Wom. <laughs> Wom who horny for Tom Cruise. Alrighty. Um, I have to run. I have a girlfriend I need to feed. <laughs> I think I think I think this is actually probably a good spot for us to um to begin yes, to wrap, wrap up with this. Mercy, kill this now. <laughs> <laughs> I reveal the secret. And we must stop. Mercy, <laughs> kill. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. We we just we just we just unlocked some new thoughts for people to to ruminate with. Um ah! <laughs> <laughs> Um so I I think this is a great point to stop the episode. Um I think it's also time to plug. So uh Lizzie, do you want to start off with plugging all the things where people can find yes, you? Yes. You can find me at Lizzie Lemon Drop on Twitter and if you follow the link in my bio, you can read things that I write. I haven't posted anything in a very long time. Um but, you know, I still work hard on the things that get posted there. Um, you can follow me on TikTok. Uh, I have a new TikTok at because I was get, I got harassed off of my old, into privating my old one. Um, so you can find me at the final whore, which is whore with a zero instead of an O because TikTok doesn't like naughty words. 
Um, and I'm, I'm like, I'm mostly shit posts and talk about my partners and such, but in theory, I'm supposed to be talking about movies. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> and a bit of personal news, by the way, I've turned in my first grad school application this week. So everybody say, <laughs> send good thoughts or, and vibes. We're, we're sending oh, all the great vibes. <laughs> and yeah. Awesome. Uh, Jazzy, do you wanna do you wanna tell the people where I can find you? You can find me over at Lady Jazzington on Twitter. Um, you can also you can also find me under the same username on Twitch. Currently, I'm in the process of doing weekly streams every Saturday of the Kingdom Hearts series in celebration of my 2K followers on Twitter. Uh, currently going at the time this episode goes up, uh, this coming Saturday will be actually the finale to uh, Kingdom Hearts Rechain of Memories. So watch that and watch as my pain comes to an end because I do not like this game. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on YouTube under Jazzy Oliver. And of course, you can go to my website at jazzyolivervo.com. Great. Fans do that now. Uh, Kyla, do, do, you have, do you have places you want to plug? Let people know where to find you. Uh, sure. So you can find me at Kyla T on uh, Twitter, on TikTok for my artwork. You can find me at Kyla T artwork um, on TikTok and on Twitter under that handle. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch at Kyla T. I'm trying to get back into streaming artwork a little bit more once I get my schedule together. But um, yeah, if you just search Kyla T, you should be able to find me. I found you on TikTok, so I followed you. Yay! Uh, Kyla, Kyla T is what it is? Yes. Yeah. Try to find you on Twitter. I Definitely apologize do. in advance. <laughs> and um, Just yeah. link me. <laughs> All right. And um, I, I'm Crystal Williams. You can follow my Medium account where I write articles about social issues and stuff. But you can also find me on uh, Twitter at Crystal W Rocks. Uh, you can f- see me tweeting, talking about trans stuff and fighting transphobes, and then occasionally making really inappropriate jokes because what else is Twitter for? Um, but that concludes another wonderful episode of the Gals of Geekdom podcast. Kyla, thank you so much for coming on our show, having some fun, talking some geek stuff and some drama and all the goodness of that entails with that. Thank you for being a fun guest. Thank you for having me. It's truly an honor. Thank you. Of course. And we'd love to have you back at some point if you're if you're more than up for it. Oh, of course. Yay. Okay. We, Yay. We will do that in the in in the future at some point. Um but until the next episode, um we will see you next time, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. Bye.